everyone. My name is Michelle, and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today, my friend Jess is back, and we're talking about the movie Juno. Hello, Jess. Hi. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. So nice being here. <laughs> so, a few things about this movie. It was released in December of 2007. It's directed by Jason Reitman, written by Diablo Cody. It stars Elliot Page, Michael Sarah, Jennifer Garner, Jason Bateman, Allison Janney, and J.K. Simmons. The IMDb.com summary is, Faced with an unplanned pregnancy, an offbeat young woman makes an unusual decision regarding the unborn child. It has a 7.5 on IMDb. It made more than $231 million at the box office. It was nominated for four Academy Awards. It won one Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay for Diablo Cody. The other nominations include Best Actress for Elliot Page, Best Director for Jason Reitman, and Best Picture. So very critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Jess, let's dive in. What are you rating this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? Okay, I'm rating this a 10 out of 10. I love Juno, still do, loved it. <laughs> wow. I am obviously shocked. Wow, 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh no, what did you give it? I I gave it, um, so I, I gave it an 8. But then for some oh. reason, when I revisited my outline today, I gave it a 7.5 to an 8. Ooh, okay. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. I need to know what you did not love about this wonderful movie. Yeah, that's a fair question. And eh, okay, we'll see. We'll see. We'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> so I know that I asked you to choose a movie to talk about, um, mm-hmm. but maybe it's obvious you loved this movie years ago. You gave it a 10 out of 10 today. But what's your relationship with this movie? I guess I have a lot of weird relationships with this movie. I think we had just started college and I remember there was a um, promotional street team who gave out these t-shirts for a new movie coming out called Juno, which I had never heard of. And it was the, um, the sports t-shirts of all the joggers, the track and field people. Mm-hmm. So I was very intrigued. And I think kudos to that promo street team because it totally <laughs> got me into the movie. And then I think I definitely ended up watching it and like just really relating to it. I think I I aspired to be someone like Juno. I mm. thought they were really funny. I thought it was a really like quirky and unconventional story. Um, and I just really liked it. And I think mm-hmm. it still holds up. I still, I, I love all the characters. I like the writing. I like the music. I just loved everything. 10 out of 10, as I 10 said. 10 out of 10. Well, so I do want to make a correction with you, Jess. This movie oh, came no. out in 2007. So we oh, had I graduated. We, gra- oh, we, were, we were still in college, oh, but we were, yeah. <laughs> were older than <laughs> you remember when we saw this movie. I still did well. Wow, we're old. Okay. Wow. Okay. So I understand. I, I can see why you uh, resonate with this this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the first time I saw this. Um, and to be honest with you, it's been a long time since I've revisited this movie, like from beginning Same. to end. And mm-hmm. it was really, really fun to revisit it. I've forgotten how funny it was, how quirky Juno was. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I think that this movie, it did really, really well. Obviously, you know, I said it made more than $231 at the box office. Like everyone was seeing this movie. It was nominated for a multiple awards. And I think for a period of time, this movie was just a little oversaturated for me. 
Yeah. Everyone was kind of saying, you're the cheese to my macaroni. Like that was like a thing that people were saying to each other inspired by this movie. Juno says that about Bleeker, Michael Sarah's mm-hmm. character. After revisiting this movie, I was wondering if I would think of this as a rewatchable movie. And it is, don't get me wrong, but I think that it's not necessarily an easy breezy movie to have on in the background. Like if I'm watching this movie, I want to watch it from beginning to end because it's such small little moments that are really quick and really funny. Yes. All the dialogue is really, really smart. So I think this movie warrants your full attention. So it's not something that I can just put on in the background and I always have something on in the background. So for that reason, um, maybe that's why I'm not rating it as high as you are. Because this movie just has a lot of emotional depth that you kind of need to pay attention to it. Yes, I agree. And I think maybe that's also why I liked it so much. It was sort of this unconventional story of being a teenager. um, And like, I guess like a coming of age story. I would almost argue like the rom-com part of it was not the focal point Mm -hmm. of the story, but more about uh, someone growing up and adulting before they wanted to. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Agree with you. I was telling Frank I was watching this movie for the podcast, and he's like, Juno, uh-huh. is that even a rom-com? And yeah. fair question, yeah. I think. <laughs> to your point, I think maybe the rom cominess of this movie is like the third message of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, agree with you that it's more of a coming of age. Yeah. I do have a lot more affection for this movie now that I'm a little older. You know, when this movie came out, I think we were closer to the 16-year-old age of Juno, and now we're probably closer to, like, the um, Vanessa and Mark characters. Yes! The Jennifer Garner and Jason Bateman characters. So it's a different vibe this time around, but I still really, really liked it. I know. I I don't want to jump ahead, but I know you always ask, like, who, who do you find the most relatable? And I think definitely in 2007, when I watched this, as a graduating from college person, (laughs) not entering college, my bad. Um, I was definitely like, Juno, relate to that, to Juno so much. But Mm -hmm. rewatching it, I was like, I really related to Vanessa. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching it the first time around. I was like, who is this old stuck up person? Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, oh, it's me now, I guess. Oh boy. Yeah, I have some things to say about that also. Oh yeah. But since it sounds like, you know, we're already kind of talking about what we like about it, let's continue Mm -hmm. down this road here. When I was sitting with my thoughts with this movie, Mm -hmm. there's one word that just kept coming to my mind and it's just delightful. This movie was just so delightful. And as you said, it's unconventional, it's quirky. And, you know, this time of 2007, I think we were very attuned to like the very tropey rom-coms, the very predictable. Mm -hmm. And those are fine. I obviously have a big place in my heart for those kinds of movies too. But every once in a while, I think a movie like this needs to be thrown in just to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Elliot Page is perfect as Juno. This character of Juno is just so refreshing as a protagonist. Not your typical, stereotypical high school girl. She's, yeah. I don't know, how would you describe her? Like, I think she wants to be punk a little bit, uh-huh. with yeah. especially like her music taste. Just, I really appreciate this 16-year-old girl who's written with a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. She's going through so many things, like the high school experience, which is really, really hard in and of itself. Yeah. And then she gets pregnant and that brings in like hormones and like these weird ass cravings that she has and then family (laughs) dynamics and then dealing with Mark and Vanessa and then 
her this relationship yeah. with Bleecker. It's it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I definitely watched the movie this time around and you know, Juno is great, but such an like aspirational character. I was like, I feel like this is like a 30-year-old's mind trapped in a 16-year-old's body. I think it's mm. like maybe what like teenagers they aspire to be this cool they think they're this cool but they're not mm. actually that cool but like juno was yeah that cool but i think the the sarcasm and the the wisdom were well beyond her years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. agree so this story is written by diablo cody who yes. uh had written a book before this movie i think it's called candy something candy uh yeah. candy oh. girl Fun fact, I worked for that publisher. Maybe that's also why I liked it so much. Oh, okay. That makes talking sense. talking about it at work. Yeah, so Candy Girl was released. It's a memoir. Uh, Diablo Cody had previously worked as a stripper. So this book was kind of her, you know, funny anecdotes about that time in her life. Mm-hmm. I did a little bit of research on Juno, this movie. A lot mm-hmm. of it is taken from her own personal life. So maybe this is just how Diablo Cody maybe saw herself also when she was 16. Who knows? I don't yeah. know. I mean, that's probably an answer out there on the internets. But yeah, the, the story, she won an Oscar for it. I thought it was just yeah. so refreshing. It's so good. It's such smart writing. Like, I think a lot of times when we see 16-year-olds on screen, we don't really give them the benefit of the doubt. They're kind of vapid. But Juno mm-hmm. is written with such depth that we just immediately are taken with her. The other thing I like about this uh, is that it's a tight 96-minute movie. It's like an hour and a half. It's amazing. (gasps) So much happens in this one hour and a half. It's We really get to know all the characters. You know, there's a handful of characters. It's not just two people. But I feel like everybody is written with a lot of backstory. We Mm -hmm. understand why people are the way they are. And everything just feels really intentional and thoughtful. And I just, I don't know. Yeah, props to Diablo Cody and like this cast. I just loved it. Agreed. And then I did also notice that it was an hour and a half. And I was so excited to see that. I was like, (laughs) they don't make movies like this anymore. Thank God. They really don't. Oh my goodness. I mean, granted, I've been going to movie theaters watching like all these superhero movies and everything is like a minimum of two and a half hours long. I'm like, this is just too much. This is taking up too much of my time, but yeah, yeah I, I really deeply appreciate a tight movie. Very smart writing. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. So good. I mean, you talked about the music. The music in this movie really kind of gives it a personality. Mm-hmm. And I will admit my music tastes are a little bit more basic, but uh, <laughs> yeah, this watching this movie kind of made me feel cool, you know, like all the yeah. indie references and the more folksy, you know, vibe from it. I really, really liked it. I I also really liked the music. I thought it was spot on with, you know, what Juno would listen to, the kind of music that that high school band would make. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it was really good. And it also reminded me a lot of, you know, all these movies that became really popular around that time. So like Garden State and like mm. Little Miss Sunshine and Juno. I can't remember which came first, but I think this was definitely a moment in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Agree. A lot of movies, I feel like, were told through the music. And mm-hmm. that is definitely, I would say Juno is up there for sure. Yeah. Wow, the Garden State soundtrack. That That's a whole moment. <laughs> that's like an album I listened to on repeat for like I at know. least a year. That, that soundtrack meant a lot to me. 
Um, yeah, the opening credits, it was animated. Uh, the song. I loved it. It's so good. Yeah. yeah, that song by the Moldy Peaches, Anyone Else But You, which we hear, I think, at least twice in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like because of this movie, the song was also just everywhere. It was like in the zeitgeist in 2007 and for like a year at least following this yeah. movie. I have here like the list of the cast. Uh, okay. So we have Michael Sarah. He does super bad this year also in 2007. Oh, he did? Before yeah. or after Juno? I think Superbad came out first and then Juno. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. so this movie was released in December, so I'm going to assume Superbad came out first. Okay. And he was already famous for Arrested Development, which I actually oh, yes. don't and haven't watched that. I think I watched like one season of that show, but don't have a relationship with him from that show. Michael Sarah always plays the same person, mm-hmm. but I think he was the perfect bleaker. <laughs> perfect bleaker. Yeah. I loved him. He's so endearing. Agreed. Agreed. He's just such a doofus. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly doofus. doofus. There's a scene where he's like in his bedroom. I think he's playing the guitar or something. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting on the ground and he's leaning up against his bed. His bed, I don't know if you noticed this, Jesse. Is a car? Is a car. It's like a red car. And I was like, oh, I know. my heart swelled for him in that moment. Yeah. I was like, this this little adorable 16-year-old. He's such a I, child. I don't know like what they were trying to get at with that, but I thought it was like maybe this is a more realistic like representation of what it means to be like a dorky 16 year old guy. Like you you stumble on your words when you talk to a girl you like, you get like mm really awkward and you're lanky and you like don't know what to do with your body and I feel like in all these other like teenage rom-coms all the like love interests are like okay you're 30 why are you trying to pull off mm-hmm. that you're 15 mm-hmm. that's yeah that is so. definitely a thing in in rom-coms is 30 year olds are playing 18 year olds yeah so I thought he was very realistic is what I'm saying yeah I can see that I think it was supposed to play off his innocence Mm-hmm. which I, I I think I might have read that in one of the reviews and I was like that that's perfect that is Polly yeah. Bleeker mm-hmm. so we have Alice and Janney as the stepmother Bren mm-hmm. which I, I love Alice and Janney she's so good in this no one is yes. wasted here J.K. Simmons' no. dad e- even it. you can tell where Juno gets her sense of humor from mm-hmm. and then obviously we talked about Jennifer Garner and Jason Bateman I the like low-key maybe not low-key but the mvp for me actually might be jennifer garner okay me too really she was fantastic in that role sweet i like that we are we are like lockstep on that she was the best she really was and like i don't think i appreciated her when i saw this movie 15 years ago but maybe this is something to do with us getting older also it's just she plays this part of vanessa so so wonderful Mm -hmm. like with so much yes at first she comes off as cold but then you come to realize like why and Mm -hmm. uh she she ultimately becomes the heart of the movie for me same here and I think you're right like when I watched this the first time I don't think I thought about any of this when watching Vanessa and her story but I think Jennifer Garner did such a great job at like all of the complexities of being this like uptight woman but also like someone with a lot of heart but also like desperation and sadness and strength Mm -hmm. I don't know I thought she did like a really good job in the amount of time she was on the screen yeah I wish I knew the exact amount of minutes she was on screen because it's not easy 
No. I mean, granted, Jennifer Garner is, like, as a person, so lovable. So right. it would be hard to hate her, I feel like, in any role. But she's not a direct, easy read in this movie. Right. Which I appreciate. Exactly. You, you go on a journey yeah. with her, which which makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah. And then I guess maybe if Diablo Cody was writing this at a certain age, and maybe she meant for Vanessa to be a little like more relatable because maybe she like the mm. writer saw herself at that age or something. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I thought Jennifer Garner was hands down the best character and hands best down in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wow. I mean, I thought the rest were kind of like caricatures of people and like she was like an actual person. Fair. That's I agree with that. Do, is there anything else that you like about this movie? 10 out of 10. Ten it's a perfect ten. movie. <laughs> it was a perfect movie. I don't know. I just, I guess, okay, maybe one thing I didn't really like or what I found like the most unbelievable was sort of how chill Juno was about the whole pregnancy <laughs> thing. <laughs> I would like, file this under the WTF section, but yes, I agree with you. They kind of just like really easily gloss over like, I think it's in the next, the first 10 minutes where she's like, okay, I guess I'm pregnant. And yeah, I'm accepting it. And as did her family, right? Yeah. Mom and dad or stepmom and dad are just like, okay. Yeah. We got to set you up with a doctor. You got to start eating healthy. Like they just kick it into gear. And that's like, I know no punishment for Juno. It's just like, okay, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. So I think that was the most, uh, WTF moment, as you said. But what are the other things I really like? I mean, I just really love the script. Mm-hmm. I loved all the characters. I love <laughs> costume design. So <laughs> I mm. totally forgot we used to do this until I rewatched Juno. Did you ever wear a skirt over jeans? I felt like that was a thing <laughs> <laughs> at some point in my life. I'm like, oh yeah, I did that. Um, I don't think I ever did wear a skirt over jeans and I definitely noticed it. I thought it was great because that's, that was her dressing up, right? Like she's like, I want to look nice. I'm going to wear a skirt when I go to Mark and Vanessa's. And then she takes it off when she, I guess, gets home or I I forget where she takes it off. But that was a very specific (laughs) moment where I was like, huh, she's wearing a skirt over her jeans. (laughs) And then I was like immediately like mortified for my younger self forever thinking that looks good oh my gosh I don't remember you doing that but it wouldn't be too far off if this was just like you know our youth I guess yeah I just love the whole story I can't even like pinpoint the hamburger phone I think I wanted a hamburger Mm. phone for a really long time after watching Juno Mm -hmm. even though I think I don't even know if landlines were a thing once I came out maybe they were I think they still Um, were yeah, and I just liked that sh- that Juno was like so smart, like witty, sarcastic, mm-hmm. wise beyond their years. I don't know. It was yeah. just like it was nice to see like a protagonist in that light, a teenager mm-hmm. in that light. It was very much like a like when you're younger, you're like, oh my god, they're like an adult, mm-hmm. and and then now I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe they think they're adults, they're child. <laughs> Yeah, there is something to be said about watching specific and certain movies when they come out and you're a certain age. Mm -hmm. And then you watch it many, many years later. So this is 15 years old. 
I, I watch it in a very different, I have a different relationship with it now. I do too. Oh, can I bring up one thing that, that I didn't remember the first time watching, but was Please. a pretty big part of the movie that I definitely picked up on now mm-hmm. was um, the relationship between Juno and Jason Bateman's character. Mm-hmm. So I think when I first watched it, I read it, and maybe I was just naive, I kind of read it as like a a friendship, an unconventional friendship, like a very innocent Mm -hmm. thing. But this time watching it, I was like, yo, that guy's a real creep. Mm. How did you interpret their relationship? I'm so glad you're bringing this up because this is actually something I filed in what I don't like about this movie. Okay. I think when I first saw this movie, I was unsure, I think. I, yeah. I was like, I don't really understand this relationship. But now watching it, I still have many questions about it. I don't mm-hmm. think that Mark is necessarily a creep. I think right. there's a lot happening with Mark. So this is actually one of my okay. questions to you also was like, do you think he's genuinely feeling romantic feelings for Juno? Or do you think that he thinks Juno is this like this way to connect a version of him to his youth? Because we come mm-hmm. to learn that Mark like doesn't want to grow up. He still has these rock star ambitions and he dresses like a kid and doesn't want the responsibilities to be a dad. So yes. watching it now, I, I still question it. I still I don't have a definitive answer for this, actually. But I'm leaning towards that he just doesn't want to be an adult. I think that he thinks Juno is like this way to connect a version of his younger self to who he is now. Yeah. Uh, Mark definitely has some Peter Pan vibes going mm-hmm. on. I actually thought it was, it did make me think a lot about their relationship and sort of like the responsibilities of adulthood. So I understand what you're saying about like his character basically wanting his youth back and he sees his youth in Juno and like that's why they're connected Mm -hmm. um and then I can also see it like from Juno's point of view being like you know I'm almost an adult I did adult things like I had sex I'm now pregnant and like I can like appear to this guy who's I guess in his 30s 40s Mm -hmm. I don't know 30s we'll say I think it is obvious that she kind of has a crush on him like a yeah like a teenage crush And I do remember, you know, like, you know, when you're a certain age, when you're in your late teens, early 20s, you think you're an adult and you think like, it's okay to like, maybe be like crushing on certain people or like spending a lot of time getting really close to like people of any age. But Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like, you know, as the older person who's seeing what is happening, like as an adult, I think he should have towed the line a little better. Mm hmm. And not slow dance with her uh, in the house alone, mm-hmm. not invite mm-hmm. her over, not really, I don't know. It, it was just inappropriate, especially since he was a married man. And there yeah. was a point in the movie where he's like, well, what do you think of me? Like, why do you come over here? And I was like, I guess you're right. It could be construed as like, he wants to be her friend, but it can also be interpreted as like, he wants to be more than her friend. And I do... Mm-hmm actually wonder if the writer made it this ambiguous on Mm. purpose yeah yeah I think again watching it now with 2022 
lens, it's yeah. wildly inappropriate, right? I mean, it's always yeah. been inappropriate for, like, an older married man to, like, entertain a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. But I think there's so many layers to this relationship, which is why this movie's so interesting. Yeah. Because I don't think it's so black and white. It's also because we come to realize, like, Juno feels kind of ostracized at school. Everyone's looking yeah. at her differently. So I, I feel like she just has no one to kind of confide in. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then Mark, I think, as you mentioned, he has his Peter Pan syndrome. He works at home alone, doing a job that he doesn't really like doing. You know, he's a composer for commercials, so he's sold out. Mm-hmm. Whereas his dreams are to, you know, yeah, be a rock star, I guess. So yeah. I think maybe he feels also lonely, also no one to talk to. So they kind of do form this special bond where they talk about music and movies, which leads to other conversations. But yeah. I, I, I'm i of the mind that it's meant to be ambiguous yes. now because nothing really in life is super black and white. Right. So that's kind of how I'm receiving this now. Okay. Yeah. And I think it is really, you know, not black and white for the people involved, I guess. But yeah. For us as the viewers, like, absolutely no, 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 no. Yes. But there's not a specific, I mean, other than the slow dancing, I don't think there's a moment leading up to it where I'm like, stop it now, stop it now. Yeah, there's like nothing like overtly inappropriate, but like the way like he looks at her or like leans into her, I'm just like, oh. I would not like that if I were his wife or if I were uh, Juno's mom. Yeah. Or dad. Yeah, so that to me is, uh, I mean, I'll say it now since we're talking about it, but the other WTF to me is like, uh, why is Juno so able to like just do whatever she wants while she's eight <laughs> months pregnant? Like no one's keeping a closer eye on her and she's able to, apparently they're an hour away, one way. So it's yeah. a two hour drive. Like that's, that's a long time for a 16-year-old so. to be on the road by herself. I don't know. They were very they were a very lax and chill family. Also, can I just say my favorite part of the whole movie was that her younger sister was named Liberty Bell. <laughs> That's my favorite part. It's so specific and so random. Liberty <laughs> Bell is her name. I love that. It's so random. But to your point, there's not a whole lot that I have under things I don't like about this movie. Um, the the icky relationship was the big thing for me. It's like, I'm yeah. not sure how I feel about it, but I think that that's meant to be intentional. Right. What is this? Take this how you want it to be for yourself. Yeah. And this might be small. I don't know if anybody else would notice this, but for me, I talk a lot about diversity in this movie. And mm-hmm. there's one Asian girl in this movie. Oh, the um, the one outside the abortion clinic. <laughs> She's the abortion clinic protester. Uh, Su Chin. She's uh-huh. the one who tells Juno that her baby has fingernails. I don't think that's true either at that point. I should have looked it up. I dip, I'm, maybe they do at, at a certain age in, yeah. in utero, but I don't, I don't know if that should be stated as a blanket statement. I don't know. I felt kind of uh, a little attacked, which maybe... Oh. Maybe sensitive of me, but I was like, man, like the only Asian character in this movie has to be the girl who's standing outside protesting abort. I mean, you know, it, it's political. I get it. But I yes. was like, oh, no, people who see this movie are going to think like all Asian girls are anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. Not the truth. So I, no. I didn't 
totally appreciate that depiction. Yeah. I guess it does play into a trope that, like, Asian girls might be, like, um, like goody two-shoes or something mm-hmm. like that and very, like, conservative or conventional. Mm-hmm. Um, so that probably wasn't great. And then I think – I didn't think about the diversity as much – as I should have, just because I was like, yeah, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I think you're right. And I'm all, almost like, wait, was all the diversity inside the abortion clinic? Cause that would be horrible. <laughs> uh, but, I think, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Tell me. I think there was another diverse character for about 10 seconds. If I remember correctly. And if I didn't, then I'm mortified, but wasn't the, the guy who ran up next to Michael Sarah. Oh yeah. He's Indian. He, yes. VJ. Yes. Yes, you're right. I thought that scene was cute too. Did you hear Juno was pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear it was yours? <laughs> I was like, is this how people talk in high school? I mean, I know we talked about the dialogue and like how smart this movie is, but truly the dialogue is really funny. Yeah. I mean, I I pulled up this list of best Juno quotes and it's hard to pick. I, I have a whole section where we talk about favorite scenes and favorite mm-hmm. quotes, so I might save it for that. But okay. there's so many great, just quick one-liners One line, yeah. that just really make you smile and chuckle. Yes. You know who had all of the great quotes? Uh, Rain Wilson, is that how you say his name? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guy at the bodega in the beginning yes. of the movie. Is he the one who says your ego is prego? Yeah. And you, but that's one... <laughs> Doodle you can't undo or something. Oh, oh yeah, that's one Etch-a-Sketch you can't shake or something like that. I don't know, but it was hilarious. It's great. Yeah, just, I don't know anybody who talks the way they talk in this movie. No one does. <laughs> <laughs> and if you saw them in real life, you'd think they were really pretentious and annoying. I mean, Juno, she's funny because she calls everyone she man is. and dude. Yeah. I find I do that to myself. I do that in my own life a lot mm-hmm. of the time with the people in my life, but... I don't think that's taken from this movie. I I, I'm, I don't know where no. I get that from, but it's a very casual way of speaking to, to people. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, not a long list here. And I maybe my score will change at the end of this, but... <gasps> to a 10 out of 10? <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't think I've given a movie a 10 out of 10 before. So Really? Has anyone on this podcast? Yeah, there have been some people. Oh, man, I have to go back. I, I truly don't know if I've given a movie a 10 out of 10 before. I love this movie. I remember being obsessed with this movie. Yeah. I could see you being with someone like a bleaker back then. <laughs> like someone who's kind of unconventional, yeah. who's really dorky, but like really kind, you know, yeah. and just not mean spirited, not a mean bone in his body, yeah. but just really comfortable with who he is, but just yeah. being himself. And could you see me to be that way? I mean, both of them are so unrealistically comfortable with themselves at that age Mm, i agree that is very unusual for a 16 year old to be so comfortable in their own skin at that point what was the question do i see you as what oh what was i gonna say if you were like oh i could see you having a crush on someone like lee can you also see me trying desperately to be as cool and funny as juno uh i guess i could but I mean, I do think of you to be, like, quippy and witty and, like, you know, sarcastic. So, like, 
maybe you are already like Juno. I just never really oh, thought that you. you aspired to be her because maybe you already are her. That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to some themes here. I think we mm. may have touched on some here and there, but for me, one of the themes is, you know, Juno, she's 16. Mm-hmm. She thinks she knows everything. Mm-hmm. She's so naive. Like, there's this one scene that I really, really appreciated now. I definitely don't think I appreciated this 15 years ago, is when Brenda, or Bren, I guess is her name, uh, Alison Janney's character, confronts Juno when she gets home. And Juno's like, I was, I went to Mark and Vanessa's. And she, mm. Bren is like, you can't just do that. You can't just stop by and hang out with a married man. Like, there are boundaries in marriage. And Juno's yeah. like, oh, come on. Like, nothing happened. It's not a big deal. And she just brushes it off. But genuinely, Bren has a point. Like, you can't yeah. do that. And in that moment, in that scene, Juno to me is like, such the 16-year-old who, yeah. yeah, she's such a kid. She thinks she knows everything, that, but mm-hmm. ultimately, like, she doesn't know anything. I know. Yeah. I think that also helped build my case of uh, Mark being a total creeper. I was like, yeah. what adult man would just let a child into their house mm. to hang out? But whatever. Yeah. I guess I'm easier on him in a way because he's not going to turn her away because she's giving them their baby. It's like, you drove an hour away. I guess you're gonna, I'll let you in. And then it just kind of evolves from there. I guess it's, there's no specific moment where I'm like, oh, this needs to stop right now until that slow dance scene. Yes. Agreed. So that's why I'm also of the mind that it's not totally a romantic feeling. It's just this Mm -hmm. longing of youth, I think. Yeah. Um, Do you know about my, personal bias against Jason Bateman I kind of hate him (laughs) no tell me I just think he is so overrated Mm. I think everyone thinks he's so funny and I just don't think he's funny I think all the characters he plays are really annoying and I was like I sense a theme I feel like this means you are actually quite an annoying person interesting no one else finds any of his characters annoying they all like love him Hmm. Oh my god, and I totally now just remember that he and Michael Sarah were in Arrested Development together. They were father yeah. and son. Yeah, they're together. Mm-hmm. I know, and everyone was like, Jason, baby, it's so great at Arrested Development. I was like, whatever, I find him quite annoying. <laughs> he is my least favorite character on that show. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't watch Arrested Development, so I, I can't really speak to that. But I guess I don't have a relationship with Jason Bateman. I actually have listened to his podcast a few times. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. It's called Smartless. Not that I'm, I'm I mean, yeah, check it out. I guess it's <laughs> it's him and Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. And wow. they just banter and interview a surprise celebrity guest. It's really yeah. entertaining. And Jason is, he comes off to be like, just like this old man who's kind of boring, but really funny. He is boring. <laughs> oh. He's fine to me. There's not any particular work of his that I'm like married mm-hmm. to, but uh, I did see him once in person. I was oh, like, oh, did. he's really tall. Yeah, I saw him oh. in all places. I actually saw him at Wimbledon when Frank and I went wow. a few years ago. He was all dressed up. Oh, he was waiting for his wife who was at the bathroom. Nice. Someone else walked by and was like, "Oh, I love your work," and he was like really gracious about it. Oh, that's nice. 
I just think for me, and this is totally like no one is on my side on this, but I think he has like the male equivalent of like a resting bitch face. Like it just looks mm. like he's always judging you and then thinking he's smart. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's so funny because Might you have, have such me. an opinion. You have such Might. a hard opinion on this. I usually don't have hard opinions on a lot of people but for some reason i'm just like people need to calm down about jason Bateman. he isn't that great that's hilarious it's such a random stance to take on a random person but you know i respect it (laughs) i'm sure he's lovely i can't refute it you know i don't have any personal relationship with him and i again like nor do i really i don't have a love for his work but I guess if you hate Jason Bateman, yeah, you're probably not going to like the character of Mark. So, no, (laughs) I get it. Other themes here? I mean, I think the general theme of the movie to me is like how to deal with the punches that life gives you. Like when something bad happens, how do you recover? So like when Mm -hmm. Juno gets pregnant, it kind of like spins her life in a different direction, but she gets through it. And I think Mm -hmm. the other one is sort of Vanessa, you know, who has wanted a child her whole life and like imagined her, her life going a certain way. And then when Mm. she splits with her husband, it's like, does she still get what she wants? Ultimately, yes, but she has to re-envision what it means to be a mother because she's Mm -hmm. no longer a mother with a partner. Right. So I think it's kind of just like going through like the shit storms of life. With mm. a smile, because apparently it all works out in the end. <laughs> if we could all be so lucky where everything works out in the end. I know. Sure, everything will work itself out in the end, but that doesn't necessarily mean we get what we want. Yeah. I think, like, another theme, which maybe I'm just picking up on because I love them, are, like, these, like, more about the female relationships than necessarily, like, the romantic relationships. Like, I felt like her stepmom had much bigger role in the movie in terms of like the talking to Juno and like the relationship they had and then Mm -hmm. you know Vanessa obviously like outweighs Mark in terms of like the meaningfulness Mm -hmm. uh, of the relationship with Juno in the end so I appreciated that yeah agree there are some strong female characters in this movie which is not always the case and there's more than one you know so that's yeah that's awesome to see yeah and her friendship with Leah who is played by Olivia Thirlby such a random I mean she's written with some depth like she has this thing for older teachers and it's just icky but funny I guess yeah. I don't I don't really know there's nothing wildly inappropriate about it but it's also just no. a random backstory to have for for the best yeah. friend without getting super political I, I wanted to yes. talk about I guess we could talk about it here sure so I read a review from the New York Times when this movie came out the reviewer mm-hmm. is A.O. Scott. And this movie, mm-hmm. I think, since 2007 has, I guess, kind of become a bit of a controversial movie because there are two sides to this debate of pro-choice, pro-life. But mm-hmm. a lot of people apparently believe that this movie encourages a pro-life stance because Juno opts out of her abortion. I didn't take it that way. To me, it's so obviously pro-choice. Mm-hmm. The review that I'm talking about, I think, was in response to the controversy. So... He writes here that Juno has an underlying theme, a message that is not anti-abortion, but rather pro-adulthood. So I bring this up because you were just talking about how the theme that you took away is like rolling with the punches, life 
is messy and growing up is hard. And so to me, like this one statement kind of encapsulates a lot of things for me. Yeah. You know, the thing that I mentioned earlier is that like Juno is so young, but she thinks she knows everything. I think the decision that she makes to keep the baby, as you say, like, this is not how she envisioned her life, right? Like, so becoming pregnant, she's faced with a lot of decisions to make and Mm -hmm. experiences that includes. And so that to me is like the pro adulthood uh, stance on this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess I didn't really, I know it's like a very um, political hot topic, but I didn't really see this as like a big message of pro-life or Mm pro-choice, or I guess anti-abortion or pro-abortion. Maybe that's, I think people kind of just get confused that like if you are pro-choice doesn't mean you are necessarily pro-abortion. You are pro the woman or, you know, making that choice. Mm -hmm. And I do think, but maybe I'm naive, that it it was Juno's choice to Mm -hmm. go through with the pregnancy and no one was pushing them a certain way, but... Right. You know, and it lightly touches on it, right? Like even uh, the stepmom is like, have you considered the alternative? Mm -hmm. And Juno is like, I did. However, I'm deciding to keep this baby. So I agree with you. I didn't watch this movie thinking, oh my gosh, this is so preachy at all. But I think that because this is such a controversial topic, people of both sides of the aisle or both sides of the opinion have come out Mm. claiming this movie to be their own, which... I don't think it's true. So I pulled this one quote from Diablo Cody from a podcast she recorded in 2019. She has gone on the record to say, I don't even know if I would have written a movie like Juno if I had known that the world was going to spiral into this hellish alternate reality that we now seem to be stuck in. Yeah. I think I probably would have just told a different story in general. I wasn't thinking as an activist. I wasn't thinking politically at all. So I agree. I didn't take it to be at all political, but I just wanted to bring it up because I think this was just part of the discourse when this movie came out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I felt like it needs to be mentioned. Yeah. But I agree with you. I don't think this movie gave me any of those preachy vibes. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Let's move on from that. Um, (laughs) great segue, Michelle. Uh, let's move on to favorite scenes and lines here. Do you mind kicking us off? Ooh, I I remember crying, but now I forget why I cried. Mm. A lot of the Vanessa scenes made me cry. I think, you know, at the end when she gets her baby and she puts up the message that Juno left her mm-hmm. and said, like, if you're in, I'm in, and she frames it in the baby's mm-hmm. room. I thought that was really heartfelt. I did like the entire scene in the beginning with Rain Wilson. I thought that was really <laughs> funny. Mm-hmm. I liked her mom a lot. Oh, one of my favorite lines, I don't know why, I just thought it was really cute, was uh, J.K. JK Simmons was like, when Juno walks into the kitchen, he's like, hi, big puffy version of Juno. She was like eight months pregnant. I was like, dude, to have a father that chillax about a teenage Mm. pregnancy must be nice. Must be nice, right? (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. It's quite unrealistic. He's so well-adjusted. Yeah, I love that line. It it just it shows the sense of humor that runs into the that runs in this family. They don't take anything that seriously. Uh, I definitely cried. Yeah, as when did you? you? Cry? When did, so when did I think I started me? tearing up once she had the baby. Like she's in the hospital, yeah. her dad's like kind of consoling her. I think she does say that they make the decision to not see the baby. 
Mm-hmm. But she's already crying before that line is said. Like, there's this whole... Yeah, I, I forgot to mention that Juno narrates throughout yes. the movie, um, which is, you know, a choice. I don't usually love narration, I think, but uh, this movie benefits from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I started getting emotional at that moment, and then Bleeker somehow, I guess, through ESP realizes that Juno had the baby oh, and yeah. <laughs> runs from his meat to the hospital. But I think it was seeing the note that you mentioned that I like legit yeah. started having tears roll down I my know. my face. Oof, man! I don't think I cried like fifteen years ago watching this movie, but now, yeah, like in our thirties, it just it has a whole different meaning now. Having gone yeah. through adolescence and now watching it as a, I guess for adults, yeah, it it hits totally differently. So yeah. I was surprised how emotional I was watching this movie. The tearjerker. It really is, and I did not expect it. Other moments for me was that whole heart-to-heart that Juno has with her dad, the scene that you said, hey, puffy version of Juno, where Mm -hmm. Juno's like, is it possible for two people to, I forget the exact words, but to like be together and like be perfect. Yeah. Um, It's just really sweet. I I love a father-daughter moment. J.K. Simmons and Elliot Page are great in this movie together. Yeah, I thought everyone, perfect cast. Yeah. I feel like the iconic scene I think is like maybe just the exact end scene of this movie where they're oh, singing yeah. the duet mm-hmm. and then the runners run by which is it's a sweet moment it just puts a smile on your face yes I will say I also I enjoyed the animation and I also enjoyed the the transitions between seasons mm-hmm. as like chapters in this story mm-hmm. with the runners so I thought all of those little parts were very like stylistically fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's part of my trivia that the director decided to to write out the seasons so that we as the audience knew in terms of trimester how far along yeah, Juno was. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was that was a smart decision to make. Yeah, there's a lot of lines here that I think just again were just really funny. They're just so quick. There's just one line that Juno says about the runners and she says, All I see are pork swords. I don't know if you <laughs> caught that. We just oh, like, I caught that. And then they zoomed in on the shorts, and I was like, this feels very inappropriate. Yep. <laughs> just, like, really, really quick and you'll miss it lines. Yeah. It's, this movie's full of them, and there's no way I can go through them all. Ooh, I'll tell you one line I didn't like that I'm pretty sure they were banking on us all liking. Ooh, which tell me. was when uh, Juno was having a conversation with her parents, letting them know they were pregnant. And they say something like, well, I don't know what kind of girl I am in like this very serious way. And I felt like we were supposed to take this as this like really deep moment in the story. And I just like, mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling it. Hmm. Do you remember that line? I do. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like they, they wanted to put a lot of weight behind it. And I just, I was like, don't force me. <laughs> to think about I mean, things you're right you're right I do think it it, ser- it tried to serve multiple purposes I think watching it yesterday I was like she's 16 of course she doesn't know what kind of girl she is like yeah you know we're in our third everyone evolves right. like it's, but it's to have fine. that amount of self-awareness I don't know well it's because dad says I didn't think you were that kind of girl right and so that's yeah. why she says I don't know what kind of girl I am yeah so you know I guess it was a setup there's this really random line in one of the narration scenes where Juno comes home and is about to have that heart to heart with a dad. And I don't know why this line stuck out to me. I actually rewound it and so I could write mm-hmm. it down. 
So Juno says, I never realize how much I like being home unless I've been somewhere really different for a while. Do you remember this line? No. Wait, did she just come from like Mark and Vanessa? Yeah, she comes from Mark and Vanessa's. And this is after Mark says that he's not ready to be a dance. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) After the slow dance. And I feel like this line, it just stuck out to me. It, It seems kind of random, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I'm like, I feel that way now. Yeah. Whenever I'm I'm gone from home for a long time, I'm like, oh, home is great. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, it, I like that line. I mean, I think, do you think it was also something about, you know, like that saying, like, home is where the heart is, where she's like, you know, she idolized Mark and Vanessa thinking they had this perfect life. You know, they lived in this big house. She, Vanessa has pearls. They have like all this money and like, you know, it's in the rich neighborhood, I assume. And then she has to drive back to what I'm assuming is a less affluent neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Juno realizes that, you know, that they might look perfect from the outside, but Mm. actually my family for all its quirks is actually really perfect. I love that. I think that's perfect. WTF moments. I weirdly can't think of a lot, but please go ahead. I mean, I think we talked briefly about how the whole premise of like (laughs) a teenage girl, girl being so chill about being pregnant was kind of a WTF. Yep. But that I think is kind of it. I guess another thing I was like, if I were 16 and my best friend who was also 16 and like, we're real close. If I'm about to give birth, like does my 16 year old friend want to like be in the room with me and like watch something come out of my vagina? true I I did think of that I did think of that like she also went to the sonogram which I'm like I don't know if my best friend's coming with me to the sonogram I don't know maybe but I felt like the doctors would be like you are not related to this person at all get out yeah I I mean it it was it's a really sweet friendship I think I I do appreciate a strong female friendship being portrayed however (laughs) agree that is a, a WTF yeah yeah for me I I don't know. I don't know why I didn't catch any. Maybe I was just so enraptured rewatching this movie that I don't revisit that often. So a lot of things just kind of went over my head, probably. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was just like, where's the parental supervision? Yeah. For 16, like 16 is not, school's still in session. Like, when is she doing her homework? Is she's driving back and forth from Mark mm-hmm. and Vanessa's? Yeah, that's kind of all I got. I'm kind of embarrassed to say I didn't pick up anything else. Maybe it was just either so believable and realistic or like such a fairy tale that you just suspended your belief and realism. I mean, I think a lot of it, you mentioned it, is like the casualness of Juno getting pregnant. I'm trying to think like if there was anyone in our high school who got pregnant when we were at 16 and I can't remember because you and I went to high school together. We did, but we were very good. We were so good. Innocent. We were very innocent. Um, okay, opposite of a WTF moment, but like an actual moment I thought was really believable mm-hmm. in the movie was so the relationship between Juno and Bleaker, where like Juno's like, oh, you should go out. I forget the girl's name, the one who smells like soup, but like, yes. she's like, oh, she really likes you. And then he's like, obviously, like she's deflecting like Juno's deflecting because like she doesn't want to have this conversation with Bleeker about how like they like each other and like Mm -hmm. Bleeker wants to have that conversation and then feels like you know Juno doesn't like him and then he asks the soup girl out (laughs) and then she gets 
and then Juno gets mad at him. Yeah. And I was like, this is like classic hormonal miscommunication. Mm-hmm. It, I thought it was that one was like very realistic. Yeah. To me. I agree with you. I, I, I don't know why I didn't write this down, but that scene was really, it was a great scene. Yeah. Juno is so upset and just like unable to articulate and communicate with yeah. with Bleaker and Bleaker poor Bleaker man you know he's just like but you told me to like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Juno doesn't remember this at all yeah and he, he's like I don't even like her that way and we're just fr- going as friends and it's like uh, her blowing and up he, at him yeah it was so funny and like it's obvious that like bleaker likes juno so much that he's like okay i'll go out with the suit girl because she's telling me to yeah i i pulled up this quote here uh that juno replies to Polly. i think when he's like you should come juno says i might pumice my feet uh i might go to bren's unitarian church Maybe get hit by a truck full of hot garbage juice, you know? Because all those things would be exponentially cooler than going to prom with you. Oh, She's so hurt. It's she like... Is. Yeah. I feel her pain. Just this jealousy that you don't... You want to play it off so cool, but you yeah. just can't anymore. I know. I thought, yeah, I thought that was the opposite of a WTF. I don't know what that is. (laughs) A heartwarming real look into how communication breaks down. Does it happen? In in any relationship, really, at any age. (laughs) Yeah, I guess the opposite of a WTF moment would just be a real life moment. I don't know. Great call out. Let's fast forward to the ending here. Okay. What do you think about it? I mean, I thought the ending was cute it was cute which makes me think it was like boring i thought it was good because you get all those emotions you know like i'm crying i'm smiling mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. bittersweet it's bittersweet it's just she you know do you know she doesn't need her baby but vanessa right. gets the baby and juno and bleaker are together again yeah yeah i think i was happiest with vanessa's ending mm-hmm like, I'm happy she got the baby she always wanted and she gets to move on and, like, have this life with some- where someone isn't really holding her back. Do you know when Bleaker storyline, I was like, I could care less. I'm glad you're together, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I could care less. <laughs> I mean, it's sweet, right? Juno... It is sweet. Also, she is able to muster up the courage to say that she loves him. That's true. So she grew in that way. Yeah, I was proud of her in that moment. She has learned to not deflect her emotions with sarcasm. Yeah, it's hard to be genuine with with your words and your feelings. Yeah. So even though you don't care about Juno and Polly Bleaker being back together, one of my questions (laughs) that I always ask is, do you think the characters stay together? Fuck no. They're 16. They're 16. No, I, I was a little nicer. I was like, oh, they're high schoolers. Uh, highly unlikely, but who knows? Like, I don't think so. But fuck no. Oh I like that God. more. Juno's going to realize that uh, she's too cool for Polly Gleeker. <laughs> Real fast. <laughs> Poor Polly. So what do you think happens with Vanessa and Mark? Like, do you think there's a world in which Mark realizes the error of his ways and goes back to, or tries to get back with Vanessa? Maybe, but I hope she doesn't take him back. Mm. I agree with you. I do think it's very probable that he goes back to Vanessa asking for forgiveness. It's like, I'm ready. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, and also maybe there's a world where Vanessa takes him back because 
maybe that's the easier thing to do. I don't know. But yeah. I hope that she doesn't. I hope she doesn't either. But yeah, I could see him trying to go back to her. But I never really thought of it until you just asked. Yeah. I don't think he makes it as a rock star. Nope. Because he's lame. Those jingles sucked. <laughs> I hate Mark. I hate Jason Bateman. <laughs> Such a hard stance. I love it. <laughs> so movie you're rating 10 out of 10. You love yes. it. Do you think the general public receives it to be a beloved film? And like, this was massively popular, but like, why do you think so? Honestly, I think it was the writing. I think it was just a really well-written movie. And I think it is obviously beloved because it was nominated for all those Academy Awards. I thought it was really well acted. Mm-hmm. And it, like, there really hasn't been a similar story to this, mm-hmm. has there? I I agree with you. I think this movie was just so different yeah. for its time when it came out. It holds up. It still makes me laugh. It does. Did you ask if it has longevity or like lasting power? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way necessarily. Maybe just because it looks so dated in terms of like the fashion and the music. like it, And like all of that just reminds me of like just a certain time in my life or a certain time in, in the world that we are no longer in. Mm. And then I think, you know, the political aspect is always up and down of, mm-hmm. on, you know, pro-life, pro-choice. So I, I do actually wonder, much like Diablo Cody said, I guess in 2019, if this is a movie that is going to be interpreted the same way throughout mm-hmm. history. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I struggle with, too, is that this movie is definitely of a certain time. It's very early aughts for me. And I think we were yeah. in a certain place in our life where mm-hmm. we identified more with the protagonist. So it means something different for us. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to ask a 16-year-old today, watch this movie for the first time, <laughs> what do you think? I would be curious to see what their reaction is. <laughs> they would hate it. <laughs> I don't think they would like it, to be honest with yeah. you. They'd be like, ugh. Where, you know, why is this so boring? Or like, yeah. these are not my problems. But I think yeah. I I also struggle with this answer too. I'm not sure what the longevity of this movie is. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was written specifically for like our age demographic. And it's mm-hmm. like, and it won't transcend different generations. Yeah. Like, I don't think my mom liked it or like, I mean, I don't even know if she watched it, but. Right. Yeah, maybe if you're a girl of a certain age, this movie means a lot. Yeah. means something different to anybody else who's seen this movie. Yeah. Everyone else will hate it or think it's pointless. Yeah. Do you think this movie's aged well? I've mentioned that I think that this movie's held up pretty well over the years. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely, you know, how we did say it is a moment in time and like all that political stuff. Like aside, and like there, there are definitely some dated references. I was like, oh, you probably wouldn't say that now. Mm-hmm. Or, like, this isn't as funny as it was back then and, like, other things like that. But I do think, you know, the the feelings and the emotions and, like, trying to navigate the world is going to be universal. Yeah. I think the themes are pretty universal. Yeah. I know you don't really rewatch movies as much as I do, but mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the rewatchability of this movie? I couldn't do it often, but I think every once in a while... I could do it, but I think, like, you know, kind of as we said, I think I am the 
exact demographic that like when this came out it meant something to me so it's like mm-hmm. i would rewatch for the nostalgia of it but mm-hmm. not necessarily for much else mm-hmm Interesting. I think this would be a good moment to unpack my score a little bit because I said 7.5 to 8. My list of things I didn't like about this movie was quite short. I think I'll stick with an 8. I'll bump it up to 0.5 because you've mentioned nostalgia a few times now, but this movie for me doesn't really give me a lot of nostalgia. Really? You say that you kind of related to Juno, like you thought that she was aspirational. Yeah. I don't think I ever had those feelings for Juno. I thought that she was really different from me. And I was like, there's no way she and I would be like the same person. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have the warmness you have for the character of Juno. Wait, did you not like Juno? The The person? Yes. The character? No, I do. I do. I just didn't really see myself in her is what I think I'm saying. I really liked her. I just didn't aspire to be her or thought that I was her. Mm -hmm. While I think that she's relatable in, in some ways, I didn't feel a kinship with her. Yeah. So I think that there's that for me. But the nostalgia, I think if I feel something for nostalgia, I need to go further back. I need to go to the 90s for that. Uh. So in 2007, while we were younger, I think a lot of me was already... Beyond this. Kind of. Point of life. Yeah, I hear you. Um, So eight. I will go with an eight. Eight. I still think that's good. (laughs) So I have a few trivia points here before we wrap up. This movie was shot in 31 days in Vancouver. It's the highest grossing Best Picture uh, nominee of all the five nominees of 2007. According to Jason Reitman, in the final scene where Vanessa is drinking her glass of wine, it was real wine. Mm -hmm. When they finished shooting the scene, Jennifer Garner was a little drunk. (laughs) Which I kind of love that vision. Jennifer Garner recommended Jason Bateman for the role of Mark after working with him in the movie The Kingdom... Which I've never seen. I think it's like an action film. Okay. Jennifer Garner accepted a lower salary than usual to prevent the film from exceeding its budget. So Jennifer Garner, just MVP all around. Yeah, love it. The original title of the film was going to be Junebug, but was changed so that it would not be confused with another movie called Junebug, starring Amy Adams from 2005. Okay. There are no cell phones used in this movie. Oh, just like in general. Yeah, not no one's using a phone, which I mean, like a cell phone. The hamburger phone. phone. The hamburger phone is a landline. So no cell phones, which I think is wildly refreshing. I love it. Another reason it does not age well. (laughs) That could be like a nostalgia thing, you know, like, oh, remember the time when none of us were married to our phones? Yeah. I mentioned earlier that a lot of the things written in this movie were because of Diablo Cody, like her own experience. Mm -hmm. She actually dated a Tic Tac loving boy, similar to Polly. <laughs> she was best friends with a cheerleader like Leah, Aww. and she used a hamburger phone, identical to the one in the film. I love that. I love all of that. There's a lot of trivia, actually, about this movie, but those are the things that I uh, thought were more interesting. I did not know any of them. Oh, good. We can wrap it up, Jesse. Oh, thanks for talking with me about Juno. This was fun. Me down memory lane. It was <laughs> fun. Should I go rewatch it? Yeah, go rewatch. I think it's on Hulu, which I is how yes. I I watched it. Yeah, yeah. It's still so delightful. If you haven't rewatched Juno, I would highly, highly recommend you rewatch it. It's so fun and a tight yeah. ninety six minutes. Like you've got nothing to lose. 
Yes. And let us know if you think it's timeless or very 2007. (laughs) Did you wear skirt over your jeans? Let us know in the comments. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Essie. This was really fun. And I'm really still shocked that you gave this movie a 10 out of 10. I I wonder if there are other movies that you would give a 10 out of 10 as well. Okay. There are not many rom-coms that I would give a 10 out of 10. We'll see. Maybe there are some conversations to be had about that. Maybe. Um, well, we'll chat soon, hopefully. And thank you to all tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly. Please give us a follow on Instagram at Romcom Weekly and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of Juno. What would you rate this on a scale from one to 10? And we'll chat with you all again next week. Bye. Bye.